Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Volume 3 of The Immortal Argument. Every Wednesday night, 6 p.m., we have a look at one player from the past and talk about their credentials to become an immortal. And tonight's one, it's pretty straightforward, to be honest with you. You've all heard me talk a lot about this guy, but he's one guy that I certainly couldn't leave out. For me, along with Lockyer, he has to be one of the next immortals to go in. It is, of course, Brad Freddy Fittler. Lockyer, charge down, no knock on. I feel like I've spoken about this guy a lot over the last 18 months or so, and he's a guy that I'll always continue to talk about. Brad Fittler, uh, for me, he has to be the next immortal of rugby league. For me, I don't think there's ever been a more complete footballer. I've said a few times, if I had to pick one player 13 times in every position, it would have to be Freddie. There's other guys that would go close. Uh, Beaver Menzies would be up there, but ball playing doesn't even come close to Freddie, to be honest with you. Sonny Bill Williams, exact same situation. Unbelievable athletes, but... Freddie, he's just the ultimate footballer to me. He really is. Um, For me, I've been talking a lot about the lock forward over the last 18 months or so, and now everyone else is starting to talk about it, and we're starting to realize that this is a jersey for footballers. Yeah, it's starting to change in the game, which is really exciting. You need it with these new rules. It's about time the game went back to where it should be. And for me, Brad Fittler, he's the ultimate 13. He's the best 13 I've ever seen. Um, A guy that can be as effective at 5'8", as at centre, as at lock. He's just a natural footballer. You could have put Freddie in the second row. He would have been one of the best second rowers in the game. You could have put him back at fullback in his early days, and he would have been sensational there. Yeah, he's just got every single skill you could ask for, Freddie. Just the complete, the complete footballer. And, you know, the the attacking highlights, I mean, everyone will remember those. But for me, how strong Freddie was in defence, I mean, I, I, I commonly refer to him and Joey. They were like back rowers defending in the halves. They were incredible. And Freddie, the thing that I love about Joey and Freddie, and it's something that they've got that not many other guys have, and a lot of halfbacks and 5'8s, they need their forward pack to be winning the centre third, to be dominant. These two, they didn't. And Freddie in particular, if if his forward pack wasn't winning through the middle, he would go and win it for them. He would take a hit up and he would just turn the game in an instant. You go back to that 2002 grand final, the first try that scored uh, the, the Sydney Roosters, they're kind of on the back foot. The New Zealand Warriors came out strong. And there's a run that Freddie takes coming out of his own 20 that is just unbelievable. Barnstorming run from Freddie. He gets a quick play the ball. They go left. And Brett Mullins ends up scoring the... F- no, sorry. Shannon Hegarty scores the first try off a pass inside from Brett Mullins. But it all starts with that run from Freddie. 
uh, that 2002 grand final, which was his crowning moment that night, the entire game just turned on its head when Richard Villasanti puts that shot on Brad Fittler. Um, you know, in the modern game, you wouldn't see Freddie for two weeks, probably off the back of that. He definitely wouldn't have been allowed to play on. But Freddie, it was a different game back then. He stood up. He soldiered on. Uh, he kicked a massive 40-20 in that game. He laid a try on for Brian Fletcher. He laid a try on for Craig Wing with a short pass. He was just everywhere, Freddie. And it was that moment that really turned that grand final in the favor of the Roosters. And it's it's definitely the crowning moment in Freddie's career for me. That night was unbelievable. Seeing him walk back with his arms raised. I mean, it was a moment that a guy like him definitely deserved. He obviously came to the Roosters 96, 97 around that mark with a lot of pressure. He arrived as the Kangaroos captain. And it took him a long while, to, a long time to get the job done. Uh, but he got it done in 2002. Obviously lost the grand final in 2003 and 04. Um with just sensational sides. 2000, he was, you know, essentially coming up against the Kangaroos side in a Broncos kit. But 03 and 04, very disappointing. He didn't get the job done there. I thought 2003, there's that, you know, everyone talks about that tackle on Todd Burnham. No doubt, you know, we, we've had Scott Sattler on the podcast, an amazing tackle, an amazing moment. But I was out there for that game, and it was absolutely pouring rain. And I think that. One of the things that isn't spoken about anywhere near enough is the pass to Todd Byrne. Brad Fittler scoops it up in the pissing rain and throws it about 10 metres, hits him on the chest. Just He just had that sort of skill set that not many guys did. There's another moment in the 2004 grand final, and I spoke to Shifty Sherwin about it a couple of weeks ago, where the first try of the game is scored by Chris Walker. And for me... It's one of the best kicks I've ever seen. Freddie gets it um, on the right hand uprights, heading towards the left side, and he's got Walker just looming on the inside in his pocket. And he puts this screw kick off 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 the off the outside of his left shoe, and it just curls back in into that no man's land behind the play the ball. And Chris Walker gets it on the full. Um, you just I spoke the other day about Anthony Milford, how he put that kick in for Xavier Coates, and how hard it is to guide a ball into space and hit one, hit someone at top speed. Um, Xavier Coates, he's a frequent flyer. Jeez, try Chris Walker at his peak. My God, he could move. He was like a Ferrari. And Freddie just nailed it on his chest in that play. There's so many... I mean, you go back all the way to the start of his career when he burst onto the scene as a 17-year-old. He was just unbelievable, some of the things he was doing. Um, you know, obviously played in the 1990 Grand Final. They lose to the Canberra Raiders. They return the year after the Penrith Panthers win their first ever premiership. And there's a try that they score um, that is simply incredible. And it's, it's off a bit of a trick play involving Mark Guy. Anyway, Brad Fittler ends up going through and... He throws this pass that is just... I've never... I, the only person I've ever seen able to throw this ball is Brad Fittler. And he did it a number of times throughout his career. He often did it with Anthony Minicello for the Roosters too, where he'll be running and he'll throw it over his left shoulder to someone coming from the left. And this is just the sort of ability Freddie had. He wouldn't throw the ball to, to a person. He'd throw the ball to the space where the person was going to be at the exact right time. Uh, just an incredible footballer. And that pass he threw, I can't remember who he threw it to. I'd have to fact check that. But 1991 grand final, go and have a look at it. The year before that, the 1990 grand final, you know, we, we, we mentioned before um, Scott Sattler's tackle on Todd Byrne. And don't get me wrong, an amazing tackle. But uh, in the wet, definitely helped his cause. Todd Byrne, 
I mean, not you know, not an all-star footballer, a good footballer, but not an all-star guy. Go back to the 1990 grand final. Have a look at the tackle that Brad Fittler makes on Mal Meninga in that grand final. That, for me, is the greatest tackle in a grand final. That was unbelievable. Here's Freddie, 19 years old, tackling Mal Meninga, the Australian captain at that time and arguably still now the greatest outside back we've ever seen, an immortal of our game, an absolute juggernaut. And here's this kid, Brad Fittler, He's just out of high school. He's playing in his first grand final. It's probably his 20th game of first grade and manages to just absolutely chop Mal Meninga. Simply incredible. And Freddie was filled with these moments. There's there's state of origin as well. He just achieved so much there. I think he's got 31 games to the Blues. I think it's the most of anyone ever. Um, you know, a heap of series victories, X amount of man in the matches. You know, he's obviously got that moment that you heard before in the intro in his last game in 2004. I was lucky enough to be there for that one when he charged down the Brad, uh, the, the Darren Lockyer crossfield, kicking his own 30. And it just sums up, Freddie. The ball just bounces to him. He's just one of those instinct guys that it's like he's got a magnet to his hands. The ball just finds Freddie. Um, yeah, as I said, you know, he, oh, I've said it a few times on this podcast. Freddie was Freddie was the best center lock of 5'8 in the world for a decade, depending what jersey you throw him. And I mean, to be the best in three positions like that, simply incredible. He could defend in the middle as a lock forward and be a back rower, essentially. He could jump out at center and defend really well and read and read plays as well. He wouldn't get caught out at center ever. He was incredible. And then at 5'8", you know, definitely played his best footy, 98, 99, 2002. He won Dallium 5 out of the year. But for me, 03 and 04 was when he played his best footy. But he was aware enough to know that Brett Finch was on the way up. And he sort of let Finchy um, lead that team around. He sort of took a backward step. And to me, that's a bigger compliment to Freddie than it is a negative. Yeah, he was able to tell that this kid at halfback could handle this side. And he was he was self-aware enough to hand the reins over. Yeah, he would still take control in the big moments, 100%. But I think it says a lot about Freddie and the sort of footballer he was and the sort of teammate he was. Obviously, a pretty wild character off the field, got in a bit of Barney Rubble at the start of his career. Um, But from about the year 2000, I mean, I I spoke to Bernie Gurr about it. uh, And I'm I'm, going to add a little clip onto the end of this podcast for you to listen to in a minute. But I spoke to him about it, and he was obviously the CEO for the Roosters at the time. And he sort of said, and you could see it in his football, you could see that Brad Fittler, he returned in the year 2000, realized that his career was winding down. He had won a premiership nine years ago now. He was at the Roosters. He was surrounded by all-star talent, but they they hadn't managed to get the job done yet. And you could just tell the year 2000, he arrived and he just looked different. And, you know, Bernie talks about this. He's just He just came back as a different footballer. There was a different mindset. And he went to four of the next, sorry, three of the next four grand finals. Only won one of them. But, sorry, no, no, four of the next five grand finals. He went 2000, 02, 03, 04, missed in 01 by one game. Um, simply incredible. There's I, I mentioned him earlier as well. And these two go side by side for me, Joey and Freddie. And this was the greatest matchup of all time between two individuals for me. Watching them in the late 90s, early 2000s, going head to head, there was nothing better than a Friday night or a semi-final between these two. And the clashes they had were incredible. And mate, oh, I, I know people will blow up and disagree because everyone loves Joey and as do I. But mate, there were so many times where Freddie got the better of him. There were so many times where Freddie got the absolute better of him. And I really do think he's still heavily underrated, Brad Fittler. I think he definitely should be the next man appointed as an immortal. He was just an incredible footballer. What he did for the Kangaroos as well, um, you know, he's just 
he, he could just do it all, Freddie. He was the Australian captain at such a young age. And yes, there was a role that the Super League played in that. Don't get me wrong. But also, don't tell me that he didn't deserve it. Don't tell me he wasn't one of the best leaders in the game. Um, his versatility, you know, being 100 kilo, 5'8", and just able to do things that no one else was able to do. Just an incredible talent. He faced so many challenges as a youngster. I mean, in his first, what, 18 months of first grade, before he was 19 years old, He'd played in the grand final, he'd played Origin, he'd played for the Kangaroos, and he dominated in all of them. Yeah, fast forward to 24 months into his career, he's won his first premiership and played a crucial role in that game. An absolute freak, Freddie, across two clubs. Uh, The one downside, never got a Dalian medal, a bit like Lockie, but for me, this Dalian medal, it doesn't mean a heap. Um, It's worth noting, 1997, he won the Nokia Proven Summons medal. Uh, He won the Rugby League Week Player of the Year as well, so that was obviously a split competition. I believe that if he was in a competition that was combined with the right competitions, he would have got a Dalian medal that year, so I don't really rest too much on that argument. Uh, Golden Boot Award in the year 2000 as well, so um, as much as he might not have that Dalian medal next to his name, honestly, it doesn't really hold much favour with me. For me, Freddie, he has to be an immortal. I'm going to leave you now with a little clip from Bernie Gurr. He was the CEO of the Roosters and a former Roosters player, a very knowledgeable man, a guy I got a lot of time for, and we spoke about this um, to quite an extent during last year when I had him on the podcast. Uh, sensational bloke, and he's got a lot of a lot of positive thoughts on Freddie that are really fitting for this podcast. Enjoy, guys. Bernie, you mentioned Andrew Johns before uh, being the immortal he is. In my opinion, I think Brad Fittler's done enough to gain the immortal status uh, myself. You know, the amount of games he played for Australia over a such a long period of time. He's got the most games for the Blues. He's been in X amount of grand finals. He's, he, you know, he was essentially the best player in the game in three different positions, depending what jersey you threw him on the day. Do you think he should be an immortal of rugby league? Well, I'm glad you mentioned that, Nathan, because you know, when I was thinking about our discussion today, and I knew you were going to want to talk about some of the great players that we've had, um, Brad Fittler's special, mate. Brad could do it all. The United States, they have a they have a saying about certain baseball players. They call them five-tool players. They can do everything in the game, hit, run, catch, whatever needs to be done. They call them – they have all five tools that you need. Well, to me, Brad Fittler – and not all great players are, uh, can do everything well, but Brad, to me, would be an absolute five-tool player. He can run, he can pass, he can kick long, he can kick short, and he can tackle – not all great players are great at everything. Some of them can't kick. Some of them are a bit dusty on defense, but they're marvelous attacking players. Brad Fittler could do it all. He was a legitimate five-tool player. Um, he had all those skills. Pass, kick long, kick short, tackle. And when you layer over the top of that, two other fundamental qualities, not necessarily skill sets, but qualities, his leadership was exceptional and his toughness. People often don't think of the, the tough skill players as, as, as being tough. Brett Fittler was extraordinarily, extraordinarily tough. I saw him play games where he took needles, needles in the, you know, his groin and hamstring, and he just he just kept going. He was, despite all his brilliance, he was an absolute warrior. And the interesting thing with Brad is that when he came to us in 95, 96, sorry, Brad came to us, he was still Freddie the young guy. And... You know, it all came very easy to Freddie because he was so naturally gifted. And he made a very good contribution in those first three or four years. But 
2000 on, pre-season 2000, he dedicated himself. He'd been in the game about 10 years. I think he made his first grade to be in 89. He rededicated himself and to, to his physical training. And Ron Palmer, who was our trainer, will can testify to this. He rededicated himself to his preparation and his attitude to the game. The game became very important to Freddie. Freddie cared for the game at that point. You know, I think he had good people around him. I think, you know, he had good coaches and he had Phil Gould, who when people get to the back end of their career, particularly the great players, Phil's always been giving them counsel on how they want to leave the game. You know, how do they want to be remembered in the game? And I think Freddie really took that on board. He became a truly great leader. He had a great support cast at the Roosters, no doubt about it. But the Roosters, from the moment Freddie rededicated, and Freddie was great, but he became even greater. But the moment he rededicated himself to the game, we went to four, the Roosters went to four grand finals in Freddie's last five years. We won one and we lost three. But, you know, grand finals, they're on the day thing. You know, you can just strike a very good team. I thought we were the best team in 03 and 04. But with all due respect, Penrith were the better team in 03 and the Bulldogs pipped the Roosters in 04. But you know, we would not have gone to those grand finals and been as competitive in that period if Freddie hadn't rededicated himself to the game and, and become a legitimate true leader to go with his immense talent. You put the two of those together, it's a great combination. So in my opinion... I've seen all the greater mortals. Raper and Gaznier are at the back end of their career, so not really that familiar with them, but I, I did see them play, you know, Fulton, Beats and Langlands, Lewis, Johns, Meninga, these wonderful, wonderful players that are now immortals. Freddie deserves to be one of them. You know, I've seen them, and Brad would sit very comfortably in their company. The problem I think Brad's had is that he's often forgotten a little bit because he's got a bit of a larrikin image that uh, has sat with him. People love him and respect him, but he's got a bit of that larrikin image to him. But whether that is a bit of a negative, I don't know. But on pure football, with talent, ability, leadership, accomplishment, achievement, etc., in my opinion, Brad Fittler should absolutely be an immortal. It blows me away the fact that, you know, everyone's so happy and he's fine with John's being an immortal. But, like, Freddie got the better of him at least 50% of the time when they played each other. It just, and you know, I, I look at guys like Jonathan Thurston now, who everyone's saying is a walk-in um, immortal eventually. And I just think, you know, Freddie used to tackle like a back rower. And it's, you know, we're sort of entering now an era of rugby league where it's all about highlights and the, the fundamentals for halves. They sort of go out the window a little bit. I'm, <laughs> I would Brad take Fittler a bloke at 5'8". Brad, Brad, if you go back and watch, you know, I've watched, obviously I've watched a lot of Brad's football Technic, his, his defence technically is outstanding. He was a legitimate shoulder hitter. If people ran directly at Brad Fittler, he sat he, he sat him on their backside, uh, as did Joey Johns, by the way. Joey's arguably the greatest defensive halfback the game's ever seen. Um, but Freddie is a six or a 13. He was a deadly defensive, but people did not get through Brad Fittler. So he's def- the defensive side of his game was, in my opinion, nearly as valuable as his, you know, his unique attacking skills he's running and passing he's he could pass long pass short um yeah look i i'm totally in agreement that brad fittler should absolutely be an immortal and i think peter sterling very good judge he he's made the comment in you know in the last few months that he believes freddie and lockyer should be the next immortals and i i would totally concur with that if you said to me, Bernie, you've got to pick a team of just one player, so 13 of the same footballer, for me, it would be Brad Fittler every day of the week. He could cover any position and do a job there. If you, if you threw Brad anywhere from fullback to front row and said, just 
get out there and do 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 what you got to do. He could, you're 100 percent right. He could do that, and not every player you could say that about. Very few you could say that about. He's um he's an immortal every day of the week for me. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 